if your idea of cool isn't Charlize Theron in a dope-ass coat kicking fools in the face to George Michael, then I don't know what you think is cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 466 with our review of Atomic Blonde. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And we're joining us for the first time. The Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are, we are sneaking into some places, trying to steal a knock list. And uh, we're here to bring you a review of Atomic Blonde. Carson, it is late. I don't necessarily have a question to start this off with, um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I can I, I, I can uh, I can say that uh, when I went to see this movie, I tried to go see it in RPX, and. Uh, I, literally the dimmest projection I've ever seen in a theater. Like it was so dark, I just we left. <laughs> is is RPX your version of my XD? Oh, uh, it's like it's like the regal uh version of uh I don't know, I know like AMC it's like Dolby Cinema or it was like EPX or what. It's like the, you know, the thing in between. Yeah. Uh, regular and IMAX, you know, where you get like a big, bigger screen, better sound. But do you have unicorns? Apparently, apparently the XD, they advertise it. They say it could be this, some screen with all this brightness. It could be these acoustic panelings or it could be the unicorns. And then a guy yells, feel the power as (laughs) rays of light shine through unicorn horns on the screen. And then he goes, oh Yeah. I have not had the pleasure of seeing uh, a movie in uh, Cinemark XD, so I have not seen that. There aren't there aren't really many Cinemarks around where I am, so there is everything. Okay, here's here's a question for you: Is everything being absorbed by AMC like it is up here? Um, no, but there there are like AMC is the dominant like chain theater around here. Like the only. Uh, the only like big regal is like downtown, um, and they've got like the fucking forty X bullshit and like yeah. all kinds of stuff. But uh, no, we weren't. We were like down. Uh, we were down in uh, Irvine and the Regal Theater there. Uh, I thought like, oh, okay, well, let's go see this movie uh, in RPX because we're gonna get some 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 badass sound and picture. Like we know we're gonna, you know. We know it's going to be top notch, and man, it was uh, like it sounded good. That's for sure. But man, like if you're paying seventeen fifty a ticket, and the screen looks like you're, you know, it looks like you're watching it with your eyes half closed. Like it's it's pretty bad. But it's also kind of like the unfortunate reality of that. You know, most people just like don't even realize that that's what's happening. Like they just yeah. they're you know, or they just think like, oh, that's how it should look. Um, Carson, we're dude. trying to save the bulbs, don't you know? <laughs> well, I got the inside scoop, and I've heard this like online before because I I talked to my you know my my friend who still works at the theater. Your connections, I, yeah. I got I called up my connections. I was like, yeah, um, no, but like there's and I've I've heard about this online where like 
for the real for the 3D movies for the real D 3D, like there's this fucking thing. It's called a polarizer, and they slide it like onto the projector or over it, and it and you know that is what you know it projects through that, so it can project it in 3D, and it dims the screen. And then obviously it dims it again once you put on the plastic glasses. But like they're supposed to switch that out anytime you know it can, uh, reverts to 2D or there's a 2D showing of the 3D movie, whatever. But you know the these theaters just like don't want to. They're they're just lazy and they're just like yeah, like we'll just keep it on there, and um, that's what causes it to look like super dim. Um, so yeah, it's like there there supposedly is a schedule to to have it changed out, obviously to reflect whatever uh, showing it is. Yeah. But a lot of the times it just ends up staying on there because it's like, you know, they forget or it's just like it's too much of a hassle to do it. Um, so it's just like, all right, we'll just leave it on there. Like in the chain theaters when they do that, like if you go, obviously, like if you were to go to the you know, to the the draft house or the arc lights, like those theaters, like are are good about you know making sure you're seeing it projected correctly. Yeah. Um. You know, and that's just kind of I guess the unfortunate reality of it. But like, I mean, I've I've encountered that before during some other movies, and they were movies I didn't care about. So I just you know we just sat through them. Like, oh man, this is this is tough to watch. But like. Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy how often it happens, um, you know. And then we go out and tell the girl at guest services, and she just looks at us like we're. She's she was so confused. I'm sure she's never heard that complaint before in her life. She's just like, oh, I'll get someone to look on that. We're like, oh, like it's really. It was really dim. Like it looked like it was about to die. Like it was bad. Nice. But, you know, whatever. Just went to go see it at a different theater but it is funny how that that happens like it is it is pretty annoying like when that when it does happen that way yeah well speaking of whatever <laughs> <laughs> um segue what, what do you say carson we get into a review of atomic blonde okay we're gonna take a listen to the trailer for atomic blonde and then we're gonna come back and give you a review I chose this life, and someday, it's going to get me killed. But not today. Lorraine Broughton, expert in intelligence collection and hand-to-hand combat. Agent Gascoigne was killed last night. Did you know him? Enough to say hello. He had an atomic bomb of information. Find out who's hunting our operatives. And trust no one. Your content. Welcome to Berlin. I'm David. Don't shoot. I've I've got your shoe. Your own personal Jesus. I 
was me from the moment my feet touched the ground. This was never part of the plan? It was part of mine. I've lost the target. What do you know about this woman who's been following me? You look like you need saving. So you made contact with the French operator? Obviously. All right, so that was the trailer for Atomic Blonde. Uh, in this story, uh, Charlize Theron is playing a British agent who is trying to um, she's trying to go into Berlin to try to extract a file that contains a list of operatives, and uh, along the way, gets the shit kicked out of her, beats the shit out of a lot of other dudes. And uh, some spy shit goes down. So, Carson Patrick, what did you think of this film? Uh, we've waited. It's been six years, but we finally found it. We finally found our next Hannah, and that is Atomic <laughs> Blonde. Um, I feel like they all... share the color palette at certain points in the film. I mean, this movie does share a lot of similarities with that, but um, with with Hannah, uh, even down to the fact that there's a very extended action sequence that's in one take. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, this is uh, this is definitely uh, this is definitely an art house action movie, like uh, to the next level. Like it's uh, when I saw that uh, when I saw you post, you know, that it wasn't. <laughs> didn't live up or whatever and uh had sarah say like oh it must be good then like that's when i knew i was like well there's something there's something up that they weren't showing in the trailers at least i guess i just assume that because i i think i watched like the first teaser that they put out but i didn't watch anything after that um and funny i went back and watched like the the trailer the full trailer and they show, like, a lot of the movie. Like, they pretty much show, like, every major action set piece. Like, even the ones, like, at the very end of the movie, which I thought was uh, kind of crazy, but... Yeah, I mean, for the most part, those action set pieces are so extended that, like, showing them in... Like, you are being spoiled in individual moments in the action scenes. But, I mean, the the action scenes are 
they're long enough and deep enough and the choreography is interesting enough that I, I didn't feel spoiled watching those fights again outside of the trailer. Yeah, but I just think that they just show a lot of the movie and I think that um, anytime I see a like a trailer that does that, like I'm just constantly, while I'm watching the movie, I'm constantly like, oh, well that scene hasn't happened yet. Like, I don't know, it's not as... It's, <laughs> like the very last scene of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is in the, the the beginning of this trailer. Like, it's, I don't know, like, I just... They just show a lot of the movie, and, like, I'd rather just see, like... I don't need to be sold on, like, that much. Obviously, you know, they're trying to uh, market this movie to as many people as they can. So, like, I don't fault them for that. But, um, yeah, like, this is a... I mean, this is a real A-level gem of a movie like i think that uh it is just it's very very stylish it's very style over substance like the plot of this movie you know a lot of people were saying like oh it's like very standard like spy plot it's like who cares like it's it's all about Charlize theron in some dope ass outfits kicking ass <laughs> there's you know like if if your idea of cool isn't Charlize Theron in a dope-ass coat kicking fools in the face to George Michael, then I don't know what you think is cool. Like, I I think that this movie just, like, oozes style in every frame. And, like, not even that, but, like, like very, like, non-mainstream, like, like fucking foreign movie. Like, there's, this, there's an extended sequence in this movie where Charlize Theron is fighting a dude... During a screening of Tarkovsky's Stalker, like that's how fucking like <laughs> niche this thing is. Like it's it's very like I, I it's thought so of, niche. Um, she's being followed through the streets and goes inside a movie theater that's <laughs> playing the film Stalker. Somebody in my audience actually laughed out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, did they do? Huh, 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 huh. I got it. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Yeah. Like the, she's like trying to sneak away. She's like, I'll hide in this theater. And they looked up and showed the thing. And somebody's like, <laughs> yeah, he could not, <laughs> he could not suppress that. He's like, I have to let people know that I got the reference. Um, but that's actually, that scene made me very, um, that scene gave me a lot of anxiety because like they're fucking like walking through the aisles and she's like sitting down. I mean, I was like, man, if I was a patron in this theater, I'd be so goddamn distracted. Be like, who are these fucks? Get out of here. Uh, that was just me though. But like, yeah, like the, um, yeah, like all the, all the fight choreography is really awesome. And as expected, since this is one half of the John Wick duo, uh, directing this movie, um, I think that they're really just, uh, man, like I just, they're taking action movies to the next level. Like I, th I feel like John Wick 2 also had started to border on like art house vibes. Like that whole mirror shootout at the end of John Wick 2, um, it's kind of like that, like that sequence, uh, you know, elongated into a two-hour movie and that's basically atomic blonde like they like they really uh i, I mean that's it, that's a exaggeration of an extraordinary amount like this film has three action set pieces during it's like two-hour runtime or whatever it felt like it was it's no i'm not saying i'm not saying action i'm saying the like the style and the vibe that like that final sequence 
uh, like has like like that. It's like they took that and and you know kind of bottled it and and that's what they or at least was applied to. Now obviously it wasn't because um, you know that was the other guy did uh, John Wick too while David Leach uh, went off and did Atomic Blonde. But I mean they they obviously have very the, the same sensibilities and stuff like that it's just interesting that they're they're at least like trying to give you know you a little more than just like oh hey like this is just a you know a badass action movie um and like all the like the whole um the whole soundtrack of this movie is really awesome like i think all the songs they chose fit like really well with their, you know, respective scenes and stuff. And, um, like, I, again, like, I had no idea that it was set, like, in the 80s until, like, I, like a couple days before I saw it. Like, I saw a thing where they're like, oh, yeah, it's set, like, you know, in 1989 before the fall of the Berlin Wall. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, that's, I mean, it's it's cool that they... I mean, I guess that was the setting of the graphic novel or whatever, but it's cool that they kept that because I feel like it's a, it makes for kind of a unique backdrop for all this, for all the action going on. And I think that, you know, they, I don't know, they just utilize it really well and it like helps with the, with the style of it and everything. So, I mean, I had a really, really fun time with this movie. I think Charlize Theron was great. Uh, James McAvoy uh, putting in another de- deranged, delirious performance, uh, like with trance and filth, and uh, yeah, like the like the whole cast is is great, and um, the look is like really cool, and just like everything about it, like I said, just oozes cool. Uh, yeah, and now for a compl- <laughs> completely different take. and now for something entirely different and now Um, for something completely different yes so so here's the thing Charlize Theron is amazing in this film Uh, you are correct all you need is Charlize in some sweet outfits kicking ass and you have a great experience and there are moments of this film that are great I even like just the people sitting in rooms talking, like her being debriefed as the backdrop for the story. I Mm. like that. Like her just commanding them from across the table, them being her superiors, yet her being the one who was in the shit and like just, you know, her her being on top the whole time, uh, even when when she's like being uh, debriefed and and being reprimanded by her superiors. Like I, I enjoyed all that stuff. Like, this film has so much good stuff in it. The fighting is amazing. Like, I, I one of the things that I celebrated John Wick uh, about as well, or John Wick, chap, John Wick Chapter 2 about, was that, you know, in John Wick Chapter 1, he was just, like, Terminator fucking going around blowing everything away and was, like, untouchable. And in John Wick Chapter 2, like, he is barely getting away 
every single moment. Like it, it's 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 basically like the end of John Wick chapter one, where he's just like really fucked up and is just barely making it out. All of John Wick chapter two is like that, and that's how the 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 fight scenes are in this film. Like this is like Charlize Theron is kicking ass, but she's also taking a beating. And the fighting yeah. feels so real. It's not like, you know, like when you watch, as much as I love, like, the Raid films, <laughs> watching them just, like, kick the shit out of people, it still feels like, okay, well, like, this is, like, a superhero walking around just beating the shit out of a bunch of thugs. This feels like r- really what's happening. Like, there is there is never a point where it feels like Charlize Theron is superhuman. It just feels like she is trained enough to counter her inability to like beat those people. It's like she's she is being matched physically, but she has the skill to win out in these different confrontations that she's in. Like she she never feels like she's just jumping through windows and like blowing everybody away. She's not in the matrix, right? She is just there using every like manner of anything that she can to just barely eke out a win in any confrontation. And that is really awesome. Amazing. It grounds this in a, 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 a realisticness where there, there are stakes and, and it just, it heightens the level of tension in those combat scenes. Um, you're not so much high-fiving because that was like a rad move where somebody took a gun and flipped it around their back and shot somebody. You're high-fiving because somebody just made it out of something that they probably shouldn't have made it out of. Um, I love that yeah, I mean, aspect it's mo- of this film. Oh, it's more of like the it's more of like the Bourne style of fighting where he's like grabbing a lot of shit and like, you know, like magazines or, or you know, rope and like using that um, to kind of like aid in you know, matching the physicality of the people that she's fighting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's kind like, of it's kind of like that, but it's like it's it's staged in the same way that the John Wick movies are, where you know you can see, like everything is you know it's not the like docudrama fucking shaky cam all over the place. You know, it's very like um, completely traditional and stable, and like you like see all of the the choreography and and geography of the of the fight scenes yeah yeah. um but yeah i like that she you know like she's getting the shit kicked out of her but she's also kicking the shit out of the dudes that she's fighting and people that she's fighting and like using like a lot of you know pretty much in every fight scene she's like you know there yeah it does it does have that sort of layer of realism of like yeah, there's like a there's like a thirty second breather of people just like, like while they you know writhe around on the floor and like get up and then start at it again. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that is great. That is all to be celebrated. Um, from there, we start to deviate a little bit from what excites me about the film. Um, I. I like you. You are celebrating um, the soundtrack and stuff in this film. And while the music is good and the music does fit the context of of the, the scenes that we're seeing that music in, I think the trailer editing and music choices are more stylish and more badass than what we get in the actual film. Like even the uh, in the trailer in the scene. Um, uh, in the scene where she's in the car and she like takes off her heel and starts fighting the people, like the like the the way that scene plays out, 
that music choice just seems far less awesome than it does in the trailer. And I think I don't know. There, there, for me, I mean, you said you hadn't seen the trailer. The the trailers like the tra- uh, the trailers. Well, I, all- I watched it, but I mean, I I definitely heard it for sure. I know that they use that pretty pretty awesome uh, Kanye Depeche Mode mashup. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so you put that in front of anything, and it's going to be badass. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like they're selling sort of a a modern style to the period piece that. Um, oh well, yeah, of course. That the film doesn't execute on, and that's not a bad thing. It's just that like this, the the trailer, like it was sort of like a Suicide Squad thing, right? Where like they put together this like decent trailer where you're like, okay, this is going to be fucking rad, and then what you get is not the thing that the trailer sold, and you know, like. Sure. Like that that's that's the that's the people's job is to make a trailer that gets my ass in the seat. But it's just because they're still picking style based music choices, it's almost like if it was if this was all serious if this is like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy with fighting scenes in it, I wouldn't complain about the music choices, but because there's a clear stylish music choice that they're making, like they're trying to pick these songs that that they feel are really clever choices versus just being good background music, right? Like in all the scenes, like in the car scene, right? She like kicks up the dial to the stereo almost, and like the music takes over the whole scene. But it's like the action isn't, I don't know, maybe I'm broken by, by Baby Driver or something where it's like when you focus so heavily on the music in your action scenes, I start to feel there should be some style to what I'm seeing. And when it doesn't feel like there is that much there, then it's like, well, why, why, why are we doing this? Like I, I don't know. It, it it felt like it to me that it didn't execute that strong there, um, which is fine. That that's still that, that that's like a still a, a minor complaint. Um, sorry, you took an exhale like you were going to say something. Oh no, I just I did see a lot of comparisons to Baby Driver and Guardians in terms of like usage of the music. Um, but I think that you know I don't like obviously I don't think that's really even like in the same league because baby driver is doing something completely different with its music choices where it's literally you know everything is coordinated to like beats in the song and just fine-tuned and like whereas this and something like the guardians movies are more just like okay well like this is set in the 80s and you know uh peter quill is uh grew up in the 80s and, you know, he has his mixtape of, like, 70s and 80s, like, classic uh, rock songs. Um, and that is obviously what is fueling the soundtrack. Um, I mean, I kind of saw it more like that, where it's like they're obviously just picking uh, musical choices from the time period. Um, yeah, they're obviously, I think, trying to... They're doing a lot of kind of stylish things... Uh, with it um but i think it was purely just like oh okay let's let's pick it from the from the time period instead of oh let's have it you know not like a baby driver where like let's have it you know down to the you know so like fine-tuned like that yeah yeah no 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 i i know it wasn't supposed to be that way i just mean that like it was one of those things where just i i felt there was something lacking in it, it felt less stylish than I assumed the film was going to be based on the way the trailer was cut. Um, 
and that's like I said, that's that's me more than than the film. It was just that was a little bit of a disappointment. But I think for for the most part is what was a surprise to me, and which could have ended up being a really interesting positive to the film is that this is not just this crazy action film. This this is trying to be like a deep spy thriller. And I think that the writing in the film is not good enough by leaps and bounds to be the deep spy thriller that it's trying to be. Um, and I think that the the plotting and the like actual story is stupid. Um, I I think that was my most disappointing thing. Like if if this was just an action movie, I could excuse. Like the lack, like, you don't even need a plot, right? We're going in here to get this list. This guy has the list. Let's kick the shit out of everybody until we get the list and then let's fly home. That would be totally fine movie. You could get away with like this being the Dunkirk of the spy movies, right? Where, like you just have a premise. We're going in here and that's it and try not to die. And that would be great. But instead, it's trying to be this like deep story where there's like twists and turns and who do we trust and what's going on. But it's like the whole time we have an unreliable narrator who is telling people about things that she can't even see because she's not one of the characters that's being described to us. And it's just there's there's weird things like that. And it's just like anytime there's a story where like if you make your whole story ambiguous and then make us question everything we watched you can pull that off in an excellent way. When you beat us over the head with something that's obvious, there's no way you can believe that the thing is obvious because why would it be so obvious? Either the film is dumb enough to to not hide something well enough or it's overtly trying to point to one thing because it's probably not going to be that thing. And I think that this film suffers from that in a really bad way. And... It, it was just one of those things where, like, the whole time I was watching the movie, I was like, I, why, it, why are you even pretending like this is a thing? It, it just – it felt – without being, like, completely spoilery, it's just one of those things where it's like I, I didn't I – didn't buy this, the narrative of this, of this and I couldn't get behind the film being good because I thought the story was so dumb. I mean, I didn't I didn't think it was trying to go for some like lives of others heady spy fucking movie. Like I didn't think I it really to me just felt like they had a standard they had the bones of like a standard spy movie and then they took it from there and and it was elevated by everything else, you know, in the movie. I think like the the story or the 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 narrative was just there to like kind of prop it up like in a like in in the same way that like uh like valerian was i mean that was like a pretty typical sci-fi like plot but like this all of the everything else that was going on was like so atypical so it was just like like, but like in, in valerian you know the whole time who the bad guy is right like it yeah. becomes revealed to the characters, but from the way that character's acting, you're like, well, this, is, like, this isn't a secret. This isn't going to be a reveal. You're just waiting for the character to find the evidence to prove that this is the bad guy. Like, every, like the characters even know this is the bad guy, and it's just they're waiting for the proof to come up. Yeah, this but film even, felt he, like that. Like there is a character who is the equivalent of Clive Owen the entire movie, and it's like, okay, well, this doesn't 
jive with everything because this character's clearly they're pointing at this character as if he's Clive Owen, but he can't actually be Clive Owen. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that, yes, there are reveals of certain characters and like what they're doing. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I won't say that they're, I didn't think that they were predictable, but they weren't anything like surprising. It wasn't just, I wasn't sitting there going like, oh my God, like I was so fooled. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like it just really wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get that feeling. Yeah, obviously they were. It was meant to be a reveal, but, like, it didn't feel like it was some where you were supposed to just, like, gasp how revealing it was. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't get that feeling at all, but. Because it didn't feel like that kind of movie to me. It just felt like they had, you know, like I said, they had, like, the bones of, of like, a basic spy movie. And they just dressed it up in, uh, in, in, in like, a, a different outfit, uh, you know, that you're not necessarily used to seeing I, I just think they didn't have to try to be clever like I, i'm not trying like i don't want to do an actual spoiler segment because no i mean I it'll be like after to. midnight by the time we finish um but it just it, it 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 felt like they thought they were clever and the whole time i was like why why are, why are you focusing on this it's either obvious or you're gonna make it something else so <laughs> Like, why are we playing this game? Like, it didn't. It didn't feel like there was a justification for the twist they were trying to form. It just felt like just just go do the thing. Like it. it and then like once all the cards are on the table, it feels like things don't make sense. Like the way they, the way everything resolves by the end. There are things that that they work in. Like. I don't know, just there's a bunch of weird things by the end of the film where you're just like, this does, there's no point in this. Well, th- this is a, I have a legitimate question though, because, and because this is something that has come up semi frequently uh, in terms of uh, I, at least this kind of a reaction. Because uh, f- for me, you know, even without having seen the trailer, just going in, like, before, like, a week ago, I would say that, like, I would peg, peg this movie as a movie that you would like. And, but then no, after I, seeing... I was, I was, this was one of my excited, most ex- anticipated movies of the summer. Right. Uh, but then after seeing it, I was like, okay, now I see why you didn't really like it as much as I thought you would. Uh, but then it begs the question of, like, I don't know what, I don't know what you like anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> But, 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 like, like, but, I feel but, like... but there, there's there's like a level of of where you where your concentration is, right? So this film has more narrative than it has style and action, and because of that, it like if you're if you have like a, a scale or you have like the the pyramid um, of going on of like style, uh, action, and narrative. And, like, you could only have two of those things at once, right? And if you bend to style and action, I will judge your film as a style and action film. If you bend towards style and narrative, then I have to judge you on a style and narrative thing. And I think that this film is propped up by its action, has some style, and it has very bad narrative. And I think that you either have to pull off a story that's really intriguing or put in just enough story to justify the characters doing anything at all and then call it a day and then concentrate on the style and the action. 
Yeah, but you're always putting narrative first. Like I, I feel like this movie is definitely more style over narrative. But but most like there are more scenes that involve characters talking and one upping themselves and doing things that the other like. There's the whole like they they share the. Uh, the Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith, oops moment in this film twice, right? Where one of the characters is like, this isn't part of the plan. He's like, it's part of my plan. And then later on, Charlize is like, or her McAvoy is like, this wasn't part of the plan. She's like, but it was part of my plan. <laughs> and it's like that it, it's, now it's a I give you permission to die. <laughs> like it, it's they're Like they are trying to be twisty, right? Like they're, they're, I mean, I guess I didn't get that, that sense at all. Um, but I mean that that that's the other uh, well, I was kind of leading up to it, but like because this has happened, like I said, it's kind of happened semi frequently where like you've seen the trailer for a movie that in you know you're really excited about, and you kind of form an idea or an image of how it's gonna go, and then once you see the actual movie, it doesn't go that way, and then you're kind of disappointed, and then sometimes I feel like it ends up you're criticizing it because it's not how it played out in your head, you know, beforehand, which is, I feel like it was kind of like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like that's kind of a situation here where I, I mean, it wasn't I, entirely what you were thinking it was going to be. You're, you're, you're not wrong. Like I will, I will judge an overall film from the trailer and I will go see like because you don't get excited about trailers the way that I do like I get excited about trailers because the trailer is a chunk of the narrative that I'm going to watch like you you know you're going to watch something based on the the people in it and the people who made it Um, yeah and I'm excited for a film based on what I'm told the story is or what came before it Um, and I it Obviously, like, I knew nothing really about the story of Dunkirk. Like, I, I had no expectation of narrative in Dunkirk. I was just like, I want to go see the, the next Christopher Nolan film. Um, so that's like, there are a few exceptions for me where I get excited just because somebody's putting out a movie. And I want, like, if if you tell me tomorrow that Shane Carruth has another movie coming out, I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what the story is. I, I'm just going to go see it because... Yeah, but but then why... So is it just simply because like oh you're excited that it's a Christopher Nolan movie or et cetera et cetera because like because that that same liking of Dunkirk or whatever isn't applied to something like this or something like uh, a ghost story or but but I think I you think know, the witch I but I think Dunkirk executes on what it tried to and I love what it tried to do. A ghost story executes on what it tried to do. I just didn't like what it tried to do. And then with with uh, with uh, what we Atomic Blonde, I feel that it was trying to do something different than what I expected, and I didn't like that thing. Like if if this was the exact same movie, and they were trying to get the list of their agents' identities. But there wasn't also a double agent on the list that everybody was trying to figure out who it was. This would be a better movie. Um, I think that the addition of not only might our enemies get their hands on a list of all of our covert agents, 
but also on that list is the identity of an agent who is playing for multiple sides. I think that turns it into this mystery and it's not a very good mystery. And I think that if you simply eliminate that and it's just about get in and exfiltrate this one guy who has the list, this movie is already 35% better. Well, I'm just trying to I'm I'm just going back to the the trailer thing cuz I'm just trying to get I'm just curious about the the thought process behind it all because like I know for me like if I see a trailer for a movie and I'm like, "Oh, this looks kind of mediocre." And then I go see it and it's like nothing like the trailer or what I thought it was going to be. I'm I'm, you know, then I'm like, "Oh, like this is great that it wasn't you know, it wasn't that way." Like I feel like you know, that definitely happened when I saw Spider-Man. Um, and um, I, I just don't know, because, like, I know obviously, like, this has happened enough times where it's like, if I'm you, wouldn't I be, like, in the theater going, like, oh, shit, it's happening again. Like, I need to recalibrate or something to get, you know, or is it just, like, the whole time it's like, oh, like, I'm not gonna, like, it's not living up to what I saw it or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm explaining this clearly yeah, I mean, enough, but I, I think it really comes down to how you execute on what you, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's you're you're asking a good question that I'm not prepared to answer. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just, I think it really just comes down to you wowing me. I mean, like, like a uh, Swiss army man, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see that at first. (laughs) And I went in there with an idea of what the film was. And the film was actually visually exactly what the trailer sold. But emotionally, something far, far deeper and way more interesting than what what I could have possibly imagined it was going to be. And I love that movie. It was my favorite film of the year. And I... There's nothing I could have done to expect that from it. In fact, like when I recommend it to people, I tell them they will not feel this way. (laughs) This is just my personal experience with it. And that is a pleasant change of what I expect from a trailer. Um, Storks, as we talked about, or or technically as we will talk about in this other review that we're doing for a listener (laughs) um, that hasn't appeared yet in the feed. uh, Yeah. In that, we, 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 we referenced the Storks, where it's like that first trailer for the Storks, I was like, fuck this movie. This like yeah, looks well, so strained and horrible. And, and that, was was a actually, ba- that was a bad trailer, too. It was a, it was a horrible trailer. It was and, a bad representation of the movie, for sure. Yeah, and like what we got was a very touching, funny, funny movie that had great characters and great little comedic beats and stuff. And it's like, that was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Um and yeah, I, I think I think it it comes down to like a trailer person's uh, trailer editor. Their job is to sell th- that there is a movie that you should see. It's not necessarily to perfectly portray the movie in the most honest light because they have a job to do, and that's to sell the movie. Um, well, yeah, and I, and I know we've talked we've talked about that you know, mentioned that, uh, you know, pretty frequently on here. But as I'm saying, like, that, you know, like, you know that going in. So, like, in the the case of Atomic Blonde, where it's like, 
like that's where I feel like this is a case of like, oh, they sold me like they sold me like the mainstream version of this movie because like they had to try and get as many butts into seats. Um, Cause I mean like this really isn't a mainstream action movie. Like it's uh it definitely has like the pacing and the, the style of something that is not like a, you know, like a, not like a summer blockbuster movie for sure. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, but I, I guess like, um, the, uh, what is the movie? I I still haven't seen it yet, but I remember watching the trailer and wanting to see the movie. Uh, is it called like Our Brand of Traitor? Um, Ewan McGregor plays like a guy who meets with like a Russian guy who wants to defect. Oh um, yeah, our our kind of traitor. I think yeah, is what our it kind was of traitor. Called. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea if that movie is any good. I remember seeing and liking the trailer. I've had it like on a thing where one day I'll rent and watch this movie at home. And that I am I am sold on that in the the narrative of this guy who's just like a normal guy being sucked into the situation where like somebody high up in the Russian mafia or whatever has chosen him as a person to hold secret. Like it, I am I'm in that for the suspense thriller part of it, right? Nothing in that is telling me that there'll be stylish action. It's just gonna be people talking and fearing for their life. And that's what I wanna see. And I think that 75% of Atomic Blonde wants to be that movie where it's people in rooms talking and trying to discuss how they're going to smuggle people out of a country or get in touch with a person who's trying to sell a thing that is of value to a couple different sides of this one conflict. And the film relies mostly on that and then has these three major set pieces. And I just felt that the story didn't like I would rather it just be this badass action movie John Wick style like even if like if this movie was started off at the end of her mission and she gets double crossed in that mission and then she just spends the rest of the movie trying to get out of Berlin fucking that movie's amazing <laughs> like I will watch the shit out of that movie and that would be in line with the trailer which is her kicking the shit out of people and barely making it out and wouldn't have all the problems of this narrative. But instead this wants to be like a clever cold war thriller. And I, I don't think it did that well. Well, I was glad that it wasn't just, you know, simply female John wick, like obviously how they sold it. Um, I I think it's pronounced Jane wick. Oh, right. Um, I'm trying to think of I I did not see that Ewan McGregor movie because I saw the trailer and I was like this looks dry as fuck. <laughs> um, now I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It could be great. I don't know. Uh, but you know, you know, ninety ninety to ninety five percent of the time I can get a read on it and be like, all right, this isn't going to be for me. Um, you know, obviously I've been proven wrong. Uh, you know, several times, or, you know, occasionally I get proven wrong and I'm like, oh, great. Like this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, uh, what was, I was, oh, well, uh, so obviously, you know, the, I would say that, that the, you know, the, the, the reasoning for not fully liking this, this movie, I would say is the, the same is applicable 
for Hannah because that movie was sold as a more traditional like hey look at this kid she's an assassin and like you know what I mean like that because that movie was not as advertised I would say because it was more of like a fairy tale and there's like a whole well yeah the fairy uh, tale aspect was definitely the big surprise in that story and I think that's and there was that whole storyline that was not in the trailer of her being with the family and everything. And that I know a lot of, a lot of people, not just you were like, well, all oh, the movie comes to a halt when she, she goes off and is like hanging out with this family and shit. Um, but yeah, like that, I would say that like, that's why this, this, this movie feels so similar to that. Um, just in reaction too, because, um, obviously Hannah was, uh yeah it was kind of it was kind of taking that like familiar premise and then it was being injected with like something completely stylish and different you know yeah no i mean i i i think that's probably a, a good comparison yeah i mean that's a, that's what i was thinking the whole time that and and fucking i don't know if you ever saw the international but like man that the the Guggenheim shootout that, that, that's scene. the Clive Owen movie right <laughs> yeah Clive Owen yeah, yeah I saw that movie <laughs> I mean that movie isn't great I, like I really love the the director Tom Tickford because he did like Run Lola Run and um, Perfume I was like fuck what is the other Dude, movie that's Perfume done? Uh, is a fucking great movie oh that movie is that movie is one of the best movies of last decade. Um, uh, but yeah, like that, like the international, like that is a movie I always point to. Cause like if, when people say like, Oh, I fucking walked out of this movie. I was like, like why? Like, even if the movie's dog shit, like, like rock dog or something, like I'm not going to walk <laughs> out because I always say like, there could be a Guggenheim shootout scene at the end of this movie. <laughs> because like, if you were to walk out of the international midway, you'd miss that scene because it's at the end of like towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And that is a fucking amazing scene. Like, that is one of the best sequences in, like, recent action movies. Like, that so, that sequence redeems the entire movie. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is, this is now a fucking, like, A-level movie. Just purely from that scene. Like, that, and, like, that, I feel like that essence of that scene is just, like, the entirety of Atomic Blonde. Where I was like, oh, like, this feels like that that Guggenheim shootout scene. Yeah. But that's also my, that's always my go-to for anyone who says like, I fucking walked out of this movie. It's like, well, like if you were to do that, you could be missing like something that like defines the whole movie or is like the best scene in the movie or something. Because like you, you never know if you're going to get a Guggenheim shootout scene. Yeah. Well, no, but like I and, I and I will say too, like I did not distest this movie by like any stretch of the imagination. Like I, the the movie is entertaining. I was just severely disappointed by the final product. Like it, there are there like there are things to downright celebrate. I think this film. I mean, with the exception of maybe the Russians, like this film is like perfectly cast <laughs> like it's it's yeah. awesome like every single person that you encounter on the screen is great and i love them in those roles i just think the movie is 
a lot more sure of itself than it should be. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> no, that's 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 fine. So that's how it, that's how it's not a Hannah because I'm not about to like let you wear a shirt that says Team Team Blonde and <laughs> and act like I didn't. <laughs> I just I'm gonna put on movie. a blonde wig or I I still I'm I'm I keep going back or Sarah and I were going back and forth on whether she was actually wearing a wig in this movie because it was like so perfectly. Like stylized, dude. dude but it, 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 it looked Charlie Theron. She's perfect. <laughs> it looked, yeah. I mean, I I made that argument that I was like, I think they, I think that was a real hair. But um, if it was a wig, then I, Anne Hathaway's colossal wig. What was up with that? Like, if <laughs> if they could if they could pull off this wig, then Anne Hathaway should have had a much better wig in that movie. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> cool. <laughs> now, I'm, I, now I'm sweaty. I, uh, Carson, I'm super woke. I don't see wigs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any kind of wigs, wig lines. Um, but anyways, yeah. Should we get the verdicts for this film? All right. All right. Go Before ahead. I die of heat stroke. Let us know, Carson, whether you give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid. Uh, this movie is a definite must-see. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, like I said, it's an entertaining film. I was just disappointed by it. Um, so I think it floats... Like, it's like a soft recommend but probably wait for rental. Um, it's, I mean, Netflix the shit out of certain scenes of this film, for sure. <laughs> like, go watch those over and over and over again on repeat. Um, I just don't know that you need to go out of your way to catch this in, in theaters or anything like that. So, Well, I guess Steven will have to watch it with all the other movies he needs to watch. Yeah, he's gonna spend like the whole, has to spend like the whole weekend watching Dunkirk, Atomic <laughs> Blonde, super marathon it, yeah, and whatever we're gonna talk about this weekend. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is our review of Atomic Blonde. Carson Patrick, people want to figure out which country you claim allegiance to. Where can they do that? Um, I don't have anything good to say. <laughs> Can find me listening to the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, in the comfort of my home. You can you can uh, you can find Carson Patrick in an interrogation room, uh, calling John Goodman a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but people can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thesportandwarning.com where you get a bunch of back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning or like us at facebook.com slash warning. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesportandwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. The music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Atomic Blonde, which uh, Carson was just raving about uh, earlier. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yes, uh, as, as, a, as a treat later in the feed, we have a special listener 
requested review of the Emoji Movie. So, hope you're ready yes. for that to be a thing that you encounter. Um, but yeah, we will be back this weekend with something else. And uh, yeah, we'll let you know what it is <laughs> when the episode comes out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for joining me, Carson. You're welcome. And thank you guys all for listening. We will talk at you next time.